0: IT'S THE SUPER NINETIES BROTHERS!!! If I owned the twins, I wouldn't even show up here. I'd just hire a bunch of scientists to do my homework. I mean, if you're rich, you don't have to be smart. That's the whole beauty of this country.
1: Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory rests to the decade with the most pomp and circumstance ever. I'm your host Brennan, along with me is my co-host Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about Little Big League. Ow! There's a line in that song that says, hit the ball and touch them all. That's a weird, like hit the balls and touch it. Like, he basically said he wants to touch balls. Well, who doesn't? My, my little kid sense of humor really. Giggled at that,
0: yeah. But you know what touch them all means. I no I don't. I mean, touch the ball. Oh, it means touch all the bases. It's oh. like it, it's, it's like an expression for hitting a home run. You touch them all.
1: A guy, well, I was you know, put you know, he just rhymed ball with all. I get it now. Um,
0: yeah. you're making ball jokes. I'm describing baseball to you, but that that's that's what we're here to do today. We're here to talk about baseball and balls, a lot of balls, and, and balls. Pretty much all of our shows that, that can be expected. <laughs> uh, well, we're here, Adam, we're
1: in the beginning of baseball season. And, uh, I, we haven't done We've talked about this, uh, this, uh, this episode, this movie a lot in our years of doing super nineties brothers, and we just never have done it. And, uh, here we are doing little big league, but you know, before we do that, let's talk about our hopes and wishes for the Mariners. We're big Mariners fans and the Mariners play a, a pivotal role in this movie.
0: They do. They're uh, the Mariners, for those that don't know, have the longest active postseason drought in the four major sports. That means Seattle Mariners fans have suffered the longest without going to the playoffs than any fan base in the country of the four major sports. Can you believe that? I can't. You know,
1: I can't because. It's not like the Mariners have been that bad over the last twenty years. They've just gotten
0: that unlucky. I feel like, uh, and they've been that. That's bad. a very kind. And way they've been to that excuse- bad too. <laughs> That's a kind way to excuse away a lot of ineptitudes. Um, they they've they have been unlucky a couple of times, but by and large they've been pretty bad. They've been a bad organization. They've had bad people at the top. Mm. They've drafted bad players. They haven't developed them. Like it's been a it's been a complete shit show. We're, I mean we're we've kind of been the Detroit Lions of the major league baseball. It's only within the last few years, we really kind of started to turn things around a bit.
1: Yeah. I think that was all excusable too, back in the like 2000s, because we were such, we were still fairly new, but like we're, we you know, we're almost
0: 50, 50 years, years
1: old. removed. Yeah. We're 50, it's almost 50 years since the Mariners started. We next year should be 50 years. Right. Um, I think
0: it's, I think it was 77. Oh, okay. So I think a couple more years, but still yeah. like anyway, Mariners suck, uh, have sucked for a long time. They might be good this year, but shit, that's everybody. Hope springs eternal, just like the Minnesota Twins in this movie. Any team can get good with the right collection of a few scrappy players and fun personalities.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: well, and that's what's cool about baseball. Um, and if you think if you think other things are cool, like say for example this podcast, mm. then you can help us out by giving us those bomb-ass five-star reviews on Apple iTunes music that we're always jonesing for, you can reach out to us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out, at super90sbrothers. Brennan is at spocastpods with a K. You can check out my shit at adampitzler.com. Follow us, reach out, message us, request 90s topics that we'll do, and just email us to say, hi, Brennan and I like your beard. super 90 Brothers at gmail.com. Just email us. Do it. So have you been emailing? Have you been busy? Are you ready for baseball season? Am I? You just gave a thumbs up, which are... <laughs> no, I, I, I yes, I,
1: I'm very ready for baseball season. I'm actually... Um, today is uh, April 14th. I am going to the Mariners' home opener tomorrow. I'm taking my my family. I'm taking my twins who've never been to a Major League Baseball game. And, uh, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about opening day at for mariner's games it sounds like it's a lot of fun so
0: you're taking the whole family to opening day that's great good for you guys Yeah,
1: and uh have you ever been to an opening day before i've never been to an opening day no never
0: yeah that's fun everybody's it's like a wedding everyone's got their best face on you know their new hat everybody's smiling you know it's it's I don't know. I like weddings because everyone's always in a good mood. That's how I feel about opening day in baseball.
1: Yeah. And it will probably be the biggest. Well, I mean, if the Mariners are good this year, it won't be the biggest crowd, but it will probably be the biggest crowd to start the season. Well, obviously it will be the biggest crowd because it's opening game.
0: (laughs) Well, the Mariners sold out, which they have not done much of the past 15 years because they haven't been very good, but they sold out opening day and uh, they've got good ticket sales for opening homestand. And if the team can win a little bit, I'm sure people will come. Seattle used to be a big baseball town. I know they're famous for the 12th man uh, at the Seahawk fans, but before that, in the 90s, and the early aughts, the Seattle Mariners sold out some ridiculous number of home games, like like three hundred plus straight. Something. Oh wow! Like that. It was
1: that's amazing. It, it
0: was the place to be. It was a rocking atmosphere. Everyone knows about King Griffey Jr. and Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Most people remember that we had Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, um, Jay Buhner. It was just a really fun group of personalities that won. You know, and and uh, be- that's what's super cool about baseball is the personalities on the team. It's it's they're a lot more distinctive, and you get to see them every day with no helmets on, mm. nothing blocking their expressions their emotions so you really start to feel like you know the guys and they're all like every day one of them's doing a post-game interview or an on-radio interview so they become kind of like your cousins over the summer like they're not exactly family but they are people that you feel like you're related to mm. I, maybe I should have said second cousin <laughs> I'm
1: I'm excited I, I'm all in on the Mariners this year because I just I'm I need to kind of change my focus from the Seahawks to the Mariners I just I'm kind of I'm a little burnt by the Se- Seahawks right now just because you know you
0: know, you know. We, I always like to I always like to point out to Brennan that we we encapsulate these podcasts in time and we'll we'll listen to this a few years from now and that comment may not make sense unless you know the context so the fucking Seahawks just traded Russell Wilson for a bag of donuts so like everybody in Seattle is like what like Great. These donuts taste good, but you don't have a quarterback to eat them. So, oh, well. We'll
1: we'll see. Uh we'll see all about that in the in the fall. Um Yeah, but I wanted to you know, think I appreciate that. Yeah. No, it's good to give some uh some basis to my comment.
0: So speaking of comments and bases, actually not speaking of those at all what i want everyone in the audience to do is travel back in time for a moment because i want to take you back i want to take you back to when baseball was still america's pastime 1994 it's june seinfeld was the number one sitcom at the time you're sitting in an old beanbag that probably smells like cat the radio comes on and the number four song starts playing
1: If I can't go on and go But don't tell talk- And that was "Don't Turn Around" by Ace of Base. Ow! I that that brings back a lot of memories. I think I, we've done. I saw the sign on the show, haven't we?
0: Yeah. Um, um, we we and no no we did. Uh, All that she wants is another baby.
1: Oh really? So they had multiple. I don't think like, we've
0: done the sign yet.
1: Um, we well, we'll, we'll probably get there soon. Hopefully. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, and in another 1994, 93 uh, movie. Uh, this this video this song I love this song um but I don't really remember too much about this video it I did was thinking like oh these girls are are really pretty like I don't ever really remember seeing much of Asa Bass. and uh, they're very attractive Swedish women I think they're from Swedish Swedish Sweden
0: I think they're from Sweden you know the the guy in this video there's sort of like a chunky guy that's in the band he looks exactly like. The chub, the chubbier bully from the 1993 Disney movie Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, you're, you're right. Two, you're totally right. know the he two bullies that. and they like yeah. steal the kid's shoes. Yeah, one of them looks just like the Ace of Base guy. Uh,
1: and the other guy looks like a oh, I forgot he's like a singer. Like a uh, he reminds me of like a, a like a Kevin Dillon type, but not Kevin Dillon. Uh, but Kevin Dillon's not a singer either. But yeah, those guys are creeps. Um i really i mean i had this album um i went to target to buy this album famously and wanted it on cd i had i had a new cd player from christmas of that year and they did not have it on cd and so i had to buy it on cassette um luckily my cd player had a cassette player on it uh but i listened to this album like nonstop, and it has a ton of hits on it like everyone thinks of ace of base of being a one-hit wonder they are definitely at least a three-hit wonder uh
0: yeah i can think of three (laughs) right
1: (laughs) hey (laughs) three hits from one album that's pretty good so oh it's great yeah what's your what you did you listen to ace of bass were you like i bet you were jamming to ace of bass when you had them
0: yeah they were fine when they were on i was i was bopping my head i don't i didn't ever buy any of their stuff but i didn't buy music in these days like i didn't start buying music till i had my own car and i could really pick what i wanted to listen to all the time What was
1: young Adam how was you how were you consuming music when you were a kid cuz you weren't in the CDs and stuff like like were you just watching MTV with your sister like no, you know, with I your older say, sister
0: No not really my sister liked rap music but I wouldn't say that she was like little miss MTV or anything like she watched some shows I think she watched The Real World I would I, honestly I don't know I don't I don't know a good way to answer that I wasn't I wasn't going out and consuming music on my own I was only ever consuming music because I was with somebody else who was consuming music, I, I had a focus in those days that did not include music. Is the nicest way to say it. I mean, in 1994, you know, we're ten years old.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I, you know, i was buying a lot of CDs back then. I know you were. <laughs> That's why
0: you and I, you and I, I think make I think make decent podcast hosts because we're pretty different people. Yes. Um. That uh, that happen co- coincidentally see the world similarly on, on many fronts. Yeah. I I was not out buying CDs. I was not. The idea of like putting a CD in a record and just sitting in my room and listening to it. I don't know. That sounds odd to me Mm -hmm. as a 10 year old.
1: I I listen to a lot of music playing video games. Like I'd be playing video games and listening to music. And I played a lot of like in 1994, I was probably playing. I don't know what I was playing in 94. Like Probably some. Uh, it's probably Super Nintendo. Like
0: Sega sports video games was me in like ninety four. Like Joe Montana football mm. ninety four. Yeah. Like or mutant league football. Like uh, it was before sixty four. I was like I was pretty deep into Sega around this time. Mm. There was all, I mean Super Nintendo titles were out there too. But but anyway, um, you liked Ace of Base. You were buying them. Yeah. You were sitting in your room playing video games, listening to Ace of Base. Did you ever go see them live? Do you do you still have these songs on your on your iPhone that just come up randomly? Like, tell me about your relationship with Ace and Bass I, over the years.
1: I don't have the CDs anymore. I I might have listened to some of the songs. I don't have them on my. I mean, I you know I have all. I mean, I have infinite amount of music available to me because I have all the streaming services. But like, I've never like just turned this on and listened to it. But now talking about I like I want to like just turn this album on after this and like as I'm working on some of my editing and getting ready for my other podcasts like because that it will bring back some like old nostalgia memories but it is a good album and I uh, I, I enjoy it I really do like this music it's very poppy this,
0: and very what's up is this just a breakup song don't turn around as you're walking away because we broke up
1: I think so like a, it's a an upbeat like An upbeat breakup song, like, yeah, like I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. Yeah, I, I I haven't. I didn't really look into the lyrics. Be honest with you, it is a break. It feels like a breakup song, but in like a in a fun poppy way.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's interesting because that's kind of how the the all that she wants is another baby song is. It's got kind of like when you actually listen to the lyrics, like what what are they talking about? Are they talking about welfare moms? Are they talking about like? But they're like, it's it sounds so fun. It sounds like fine. Oh, she wants another baby. Good for her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never... You know, the one thing about lyrics in music is like that's something I never consider when I listen to music. I don't really care about the meaning behind it. I just care if it makes me want to dance. So, Oh,
0: I see. I think we got to the fundamental difference between us. Mm. Because I'm always hyper-focused on the lyrics and I'm turned off when I can't understand what they're saying gotcha. or I don't know what they're talking about. That's why Eminem brokered me into rap music because i felt like it was one of the first rappers i really understood like almost every word he was saying you know Mm -hmm. yeah i just just had a tough time with that when i was younger
1: that's interesting i didn't know that about you yeah i i love k-pop which is like korean music and that would make sense like i don't care about i care more about the sound of the music than i care about like the lyrics so
0: and because i'm a writer you could see where i over fixate on the words
1: 100 man we just we just learned so much about each other adam
0: we're, we're bearing our souls to each other and the world on this podcast at three o'clock here on april 14th on a on a thursday um the video is pretty simple it's it's mostly just like moody shots of of them looking at the walking around the beach near a lighthouse it's it's a very simple we made it in a weekend type video mm. um which we don't need to get into very much no. um but uh but you don't want to turn around um no. and and just like you don't turn around your ex-lover you don't want to turn your back on this awesome little baseball movie little big league ow oh. brennan
1: mm.
0: do you remember how old you were when you first saw this do you, do you have a theater going experience
1: i wish i did um it came i do, out- I do. you do
0: Yeah, I remember my theater experience.
1: Let's talk. Let's hear it.
0: So I think I may mention this on a few podcasts, but in the summer of that year in Federal Way, Washington... The local movie theater had like these, like, I don't know, weekend matinee family affordable packages. And my mom bought us one this summer and like every Saturday, whatever it was, my mom and I would go to the movies and it was early, like at like an 11 a.m. Movie or something, you know, like affordable times. Mm-hmm. And it was super cheap and they had all these cheap concessions and it was just something me and my mom did. And every week you got to pick between one of two movies. And I remember other movies I saw that summer were like, um, mom and dad Save the world. And and a few and a few others, but I definitely went and saw this little big league for like that day. I remember I don't remember what the other option was. But I remember, oh baseball movie were there. And like me and my mom went and saw Little Big League. And I had no idea at age 10 that at the end of the movie, like fucking King Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson were gonna be like not not just in it, but like characters in it. So I'm sitting there with like this big shitty Korean, like this movie's awesome. You know, I just I just loved it. My mom and I loved the movie, and um it's it's a really good memory for for me. Um, do you do you remember the first time you saw it? At least
1: I, you know, now you bring up summer '94, and I'm looking at like the history, and I, we've talked about this a lot as well. I was moving to Chicago during this time, and in the summer of 1994, famously, that was the year of the baseball strike. So I must have been, if it was, if it came out in June of 1994, I would have been just probably moving around. The only I remember the the only movie. Experience that summer I remember is going to see the Lion King. It must have been just yeah, it must have been just a summer where I just didn't get to go see it because I was like didn't have any friends, um, because I just moved to a new city. And if I had seen it, it probably wasn't until it came out on, you know, VHS. So I, I definitely don't have many memories of it until yeah, c- until it came out on VHS. But when once we got it, like it was a it was right up there with like Rookie of the Year and you know Angels of the Outfield Angels in the Outfield like. It was very much a, a movie that was one of just a, a fun baseball movie, but it was probably of those three. It was probably like number three because it wasn't as fun as those three. But, you don't
0: think it's as fun as Angels in the Outfield? Well, you
1: know, I think Angels in the Outfield has had a, it just had a, a more lively cast, um, and we'll talk oh. about. The, well, uh, we'll talk about this in the show. Like I, I I'm, but yeah, we if, should
0: rank if, the '90s baseball. Players, if we were
1: ranking, oh, I guess the Sandlot's in there too. Like Sandlot was probably. I, mean, I was gonna say no, Sandlot
0: should be probably one. One A. <laughs> then you're arguing about number two. And I put use an outfield at the bottom. Yeah, mean, for sure. Because it has religious themes, and I was a little fucking, you know, heathen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even care about that stuff for it, at that at that moment. I didn't even think about like religious things in that movie.
0: You talk about the baseball strike a couple of times, but I want to get the timeline clear. Yeah, Baseball didn't strike until August of 94. Oh. So when this movie came out in June, yeah. it was, it was theoretically going on during a normal baseball season. So it, it should have enjoyed a normal baseball audience. You're right. It wasn't until two months later that the, they couldn't strike a deal or whatever. And they just, they called they called a work stoppage.
1: The, the reason why I think of the work stoppage so much in that, Strike is because of I was in Chicago. We had moved to Chicago, and we got there right when the strike was happening, and we could not go see the White Sox. We couldn't go see the Cubs. So, like in the like the short nine months that I lived in Chicago, I never got to go to Wrigley Field or Kaminsky to see either team play. So I missed out on on being able to go go to those games.
0: But um, you didn't miss out on watching Little Big League at some point. It, that's true. So, 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 what do you remember? What your first impression? Like, I just, I kind of described mine. I'm, I'm sitting there with this big shit eating grin. Do you remember what how you felt as that movie was wrapping up, or shortly after you saw it for the first time?
1: I felt like I wish I could be Billy and be an owner of a baseball team and the manager of a baseball team. It was all these movies minus the Sandlot have like these heightened. Uh, well, especially Rookie of the Year, they're very similar in that like you're putting a kid into like an adult role and like they get to be a kid in, in this role and it was like it was like every kid's dream like i wanted to be a baseball player and i don't know it was just fun to, like you just wanted to be you always wanted to be close to like the big leagues when you're a kid so and i i just it was a it would have been a dream come true if i could have done that but i was not anywhere near as smart and as clever as billy was in in this
0: movie well, also, your grandpa didn't own the twins. When my grandpa died, all I got was a sweater.
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't definitely appreciate the the comedy in this movie. Like, the comedy in this movie is really, really subdued, but it's really good. It's, and it's, I just love, watching this movie last night, like, I had a really good experience just watching it yesterday. And how long had it been since you'd seen it, you think? Oh, probably about at least 10 years, because I haven't, um, I never, yeah, I've never, Look and could
0: you put a could you put a guess on how many times you've seen it? Ooh,
1: less than probably less than ten.
0: Okay, like so this, probably, this was probably
1: like less than five. Like it was oh, wow. a movie I own, but like it just never got played that much. Oh, that's too bad.
0: Okay, well, good. I'm glad you had a, a reawakening with it. Uh, have you watched it
1: recently? Did you watch it in prep?
0: No, I did. I didn't have a chance to watch it for a podcast. But this is one of those movies I've seen 35. times. Oh, wow! So like you loved I did it. I. I love Little Big League. Yeah. I think it, I think, I think Sandlot is probably my favorite, but then I think Little Big League is my next favorite. I think it's, it's, it's a very underrated, funny movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a lot of good lines. I like, I like the whole flavor of humor, mm-hmm. like in rookie of the year and, and Sandlot and Angel that it could be kind of wacky. You know, this felt much more grounded in reality. I, I tend to appreciate and lean towards that humor more. And also it felt the most like real baseball. Like it felt like this feels like a real team. This feels like you would have some of these personalities on a real team. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to get over the idea that a kid is a manager, but beyond that, like this feels like this feels like a real team. Like they've got a a first baseman that they can, that can hit. They've got one like free agent pitcher. Who's not performing. You know what I mean? They've got one good guy in the bullpen. Like this feels like a mid market team.
1: Yeah, I know it totally does. It actually, that was the one thing I was watching last night. Like the cast of characters, like they were, it was a believable cast of, players on the team and that they could actually maybe win. Like, I feel like in rookie of the year, it wasn't believable because like, there was no, you There's no there was no offense. There was no talent around the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then angels in the outfield, like there was Tony Danza who couldn't, who can barely lift yeah, his but arm. At least
0: they were cheating. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were cheating for in angels in the outfield. <laughs> oh,
1: speaking of cheating, I don't even want to, I want to get into the cheating in this movie, uh, but we'll get into that later. Uh,
0: but yeah, like I, this movie's aged really, really well, but this movie, this movie was a box office bomb. Actually, mm. it it, budge- it had a twenty million dollar budget, and it only box office twelve million, which is not good.
1: Yeah, not good at all. I think it was ahead of its time. To be honest with you, I think this screenplay was a little too smart for the audience. I think.
0: Well, I think it did two things. It like put a kid in the main role, which makes it seem like a kids' movie. But the rest of the movie has pretty adult flavor mm-hmm. and adult sense of humor. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I think smart kids like me and you liked it, but I think there were plenty of kids that they saw it and, uh, and just never wanted to watch it again. Like they, they couldn't follow some of the humor. They couldn't follow some of the more.
1: Yeah. There's, you know, there are a lot of adult themes and like, and the cast of characters is not that funny. Like there's. You know, we'll get in that too. So like, but should we, should we do it? They're not
0: wacky. I I disagree that they're not funny. They're not wacky wacky. goofy. Yeah, that's true.
1: That Um, is true. They are very, there are some lines in it that I just, I can't get over the one-liners in this movie. There
0: are a lot of the one-liners in this movie are just so good. Funny. Yeah. So, um, why don't, you know what? We've talked skirted the edges enough. Let's get into my favorite part of the show. bad synopsis.
1: Man, I'm going to be really disappointed. I think I might actually be able to explain this one really well because I just watched it. So I've heard that before <laughs> the movies, you know, the, the plot of the movie's fairly simple. Uh, it's about Billy Hay- Haywood. He's a, uh, a young kid that is a, he's a baseball. He's a baseball f- fanatic. He loves baseball. He knows all the history of it and he knows that mostly because his grandfather, uh, owns the Minnesota twins. And the movie starts out with just him opening in a, a, playing in a baseball game, but like grounding out and, and then they fast forward. And now he's at the Metrodome watching the twins and he's, and we find out his grandfather owns a team. And so, and that's basically sets the scene. Like this little kid is uh, the grandson of the owner of the twins. And then the owner of the twins dies. And it was really, really sad. And cause like, he's going like, that's the saddest part is like, he's going to the twins game versus the Boston Red Sox. He's going to go watch, um, uh, not Greg Maddox, uh, but um, Roger Clemens pitch. And his grandfather gives us like really emotional, not emotional, but really like, you got to let your kid go watch a, let Jimmy watch a baseball game on school night because he's, I regretted missing watching this guy pitch, and I don't want to have Billy have the same experience. And so- he had a chance to see Walter Johnson, the big train, they called him, Brennan. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, and then, sadly, he, he passes away before before uh, Billy could ever see Roger Clemens pitch.
0: Uh, so- and what, one little family dynamic we should point out is that, like, Billy's dad is gone. Died. He's, he died, and Billy's dad is the bloodline to the grandpa correct
1: correct yes so 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 yeah so when he dies he gives him he he gives billy the twins and so now billy is the owner of the twins and so what does he do he goes and he starts you know goes to games and he's like but they have a really terrible coach so so the twins are like in a, a middle of the road team i would say like i would say maybe no they're shit you think they're shit yeah okay they're shit um, so they're shit, but they have a couple of stars. Um, uh, like you said, uh, they have an all-star first baseman and, uh, I can't think of his name right yeah, now. Lou something. Lou, Yeah. Lou Collins. Um, and they have, a uh, some other key players, uh, some pitchers, but, uh, they're not, they're not great. Uh, but they have a terrible coach and he's an asshole. He just like yells at everyone all the time and he's just really mean. And so what is, uh, Jimmy do? He fires Billy. Him. What's that? Billy. I call him What's Jimmy. Say? I keep on calling him. I keep on thinking his name is Jimmy Chitwood, which that's Hoosiers. And I, I can't get... Oh, a, no. a, Billy and Jimmy are double dragon. <laughs> so Billy, Billy fires the, the, the asshole coach. Dennis Farina. Yes. Who is it? Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, he fires the asshole coach and then finds out that nobody wants to manage... Uh, the twins, because they don't want to work for a kid owner because, you know, he they might get fired. What does Billy decide to do? His friends convince him to coach the team. And uh, so Billy becomes the manager of the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, he doesn't really get the the respect and the, the what am I looking for? He doesn't really accolade. He doesn't really have the support of the team at first, but he tells them. It doesn't he needs to win over the lock. He needs over. to win exactly. So he tells him, like, if we don't start winning, I'll fire myself. And and so they start winning, and then there's this whole love connection between Billy and his mom and the first baseman Lou, which I feel like Lou was just trying to, you know, get into the, the GM role. He was like, I I see it in here now. I know if I, yeah, he
0: was trying to become an owner, (laughs) I'm going to bang the manager's mom (laughs) and become part owner. Like
1: he knows he's going to get front office job. Like this is, he's going to be set up for life now.
0: (laughs) It was the long game for Lou. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And so they start winning again. uh, And no, that comp. That's the that's the adversity. It complicates things. Well, yeah. Lou Lou is dating his single mom. Yes, and then he and Billy is very protective
1: of her, and Billy doesn't like it. Yeah, and I think so. Lou starts playing a little bit bad, and he benches him, and that's in that's in their that starts their like losing streak, and. They get to the end of the, at the end of the movie, they are four games out of the wild card or not four. Is it four games? Yeah. Four, games, yeah, out four games
0: out with four games left.
1: Yes. Four games out with four games left. And the Mariners are also four games out with four games left. So twins have to win out and the Mariners have to lose out. Um, and that happens. And they do. And They do. And then they play in a uh, single elimination
0: like wildcard playoff game. I don't know. Is that a playoff? Is that considered a playoff yeah, game? So it's a one game playoff. Um, the Mariners would go on to do this in 1995. Oh wow! They would tie the regular season with the California angels at the time. And they would win a one game playoff nine to one in the kingdom hmm. on the back of Randy Johnson.
1: Wow. That's, that's, that's some uh, foreshadowing or. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Right. And I remember thinking that as, as a kid.
1: That's yeah. That's funny. And. And then they lose because you know the Mariners are just just that good.
0: Um, yeah. in a, in a, in a, <laughs> the Mariners are just unstoppable. You know, really, they, they the, the Twins run into a juggernaut. This whole it's time I was wrong.
1: watching this, I was just like, man, this seems like the Mariners. Something the Mariners would do—they'd lose the last four games to get into a fucking wild card playoff game. <laughs> that, that does. Yeah, that is very Mariners. <laughs>
0: but they, even though they have like way more talent, <laughs> like their 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 bullpen just fucking blows. Me. <laughs> Uh,
1: um and then yeah, so the twins lose and Mariners go on to probably win that World Series in this fictional world and this alternate yeah. universe. And uh and at the very end of the movie though, uh Lou comes up, he says, I just proposed to your mom, but she told me to ask you. And and then Billy's like, if you hit a home run, you can marry my mom. But actually just kidding, you can marry my mom. And then so Lou almost hits a home run.
0: He hits a long fly ball to deep. Well, point he, center, a, yeah, and then but there's a fucking gazelle playing center field for the Mariners <laughs> those days, a freak of nature, a top ten athlete in all of history, the king, the dynamite, King Griffey Jr. Ow!
1: catches it and ends the Minnesota twins' hopes. Um
0: yeah, kills their dreams. So fucks fucks Billy's mom and then <laughs> goes to a hotel, has champagne. <laughs>
1: Just kidding. I, what was your response to him catching that ball in the movie? <laughs>
0: dude i remember it was very odd because i remember being in the theater rooting for the twins the whole movie like all right let's go twins then it gets to the playoffs and i'm watching a fictional movie where i know it's scripted and i find myself rooting for the antagonist Mariners. <laughs> like my my team ties run too deep i couldn't i couldn't flip that switch in my brain even though i knew it was a movie well you,
1: but you're also in, you said you're in federal Railway, right wait right
0: yeah, I'm in a suburb of Seattle watching the Mariners play the Twins in this movie.
1: I feel like the whole theater probably cheered.
0: Honestly, don't remember what their reactions were, but i I know that i, I know that i I was happy. I I wanted I wanted Lou to strike out. I mean he 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 lined out to deep right center, but you know either way. Yeah, well, and uh... and oh, and one other thing is they bring Randy in. Oh yeah, in relief in that game. And now Randy was a, was a starting pitcher, but the, the Mariners bring him in, in relief with this big menacing scene. And if you guys don't know Randy Johnson, do yourself a quick, uh, a favor and Google Randy Johnson, like 1993 or something. And just look at the man. He's six foot 10 with, with a long red curly mullet. He's got this nasty, like porn star mustache, a scowl that would scare Satan pock marks all over his face he's thin as a rail but he looks like he could cut through you with the, with the motion of his elbow he's just this big menacing beast the big unit was his nickname yeah and and he was the the perfect antagonist to come in and pitch
1: he was it was and i, I was thinking about that
0: and i was just like it seems odd that he
1: wouldn't just start this game but he must have been on a couple days right he must not have been on like he must have pitched like two days two two days ago or something like that and that's why they but 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 again
0: we mentioned the foreshadowing this also happened in the 95 mariners playoff run they brought him in relief in some clinch game Mm -hmm. or the playoffs or something i can't remember which game but they they actually did bring randy in from the bullpen to close out an important game one time
1: yeah I, i would imagine they would have had him pitched in the last game of that last series a win and then he lost or something i don't know i i like to I think too, I thought too much about the the logistics in
0: at the end of this. Movie. No the logistics work. If they had lost four in a row, yeah. then it's reasonable to assume that Randy didn't pitch any of those four games. Yeah. So he's well rested for this for this bullpen visit. Is he you know he should have pitched in one of those games. He should have, but since they lost, I'm inclined to believe they were resting him for the playoffs. They thought they had it in the bag.
1: Oh, you, oh that's true. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, either way. Anyway, we're getting pretty yeah, deep. We are getting deep in, in marriage uh, stuff.
0: Yeah. So that, that's the synopsis. Um, that, was, that was probably too long, but you, you get the that's point. That's all right. Good job. Um, Brennan's bad synopsis. You know, <laughs> one of our, one of our uh, staples. So the, the, the characters in the movie, you know, Billy's obviously your, your protagonist, played by a young actor named Luke Edwards. Check out our very first podcast that we ever did, The Wizard. Luke Edwards was the wizard in that movie. Luke Edwards was in the Disney musical Newsies. He was in Jeepers Creepers 2, which I thought I like totally didn't recognize him. Mm. And he was also in uh, the MTV show Undressed in like the late 90s, early aughts, but not an overly fruitful career. But Luke Edwards good in this movie. He's like Brennan said, he's like this young baseball savant. His grandpa, his grandpa not only owns the twins, but his grandpa is like a baseball aficionado. He just loves the game. He loves statistics. He loves situations and him and Billy like challenge each other with like base all-time baseball situations like all the time like do you remember what happened on this date in the playoffs in 1941 and they always do like they're just like that's what they do that's like their little game and what Billy really does is when he when he becomes manager he really teaches the team to love baseball again and you get you get to see baseball through the eyes of of a 12 year old Who just thinks it's the coolest sport ever and that these people are getting paid to do it professionally so they must have the coolest jobs ever and he he kind of helps them remember that
1: definitely does and here's a here's a little a clip of him talking about it hall of famer bob lemon once said baseball was made for kids grown-ups only screw it up i would like to announce that i've named myself the new manager of the minnesota twins any questions you own the team and the stadium it's
0: unbelievable
1: does anyone else find it disconcerting that our new manager can't get into an r-rated movie for another six years
0: <laughs> hey guys
1: i'm billy haywood maybe you're overstriding. No i know you guys think i'm a joke come on well there he is there's uh there's billy haywood uh and naming himself the manager and a little bit a little, little, little about him as well
0: yeah you know he's not a typical protagonist he doesn't go through like this big arc yeah you know the worst that happens is he gets a little too bogged down in the the day-to-day operations of baseball and he forgets that he's a kid for a couple weeks yeah I, and then like yeah.
1: i i really thought the one thing i liked about it was that he did learn that like i don't want to be a manager of the a team. It's too much work. Like it, it, I imagine it's a lot of work to be a manager of, uh, of, yeah. Imagine it's a lot of work. So like, that's a lot of, a lot of stuff. And also like the love, the love story between his mom and the the first baseman, like that probably put a lot of pressure on him, but like he didn't handle that well by benching their star player though. So
0: no, he didn't handle that particularly well, <laughs> but the first baseman didn't do him any favors. Like you got this 12 year old trying to go through his first season of manager and the first baseman complicates things by banging his mom. <laughs> oh man like if i'm the second baseman i'm like hey lou knock it off keep it on the dl like what are we doing this kid can't handle
1: this (laughs) Uh, And, and lou's
0: like no way i gotta get mine dip my pen in the company ink
1: yeah he i just thought he was a really fun character like you really believed that this kid could be a manager of a team like of the team like even in like, it's very, you know, heightened reality. Like this wouldn't, this would never happen. Um, I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, I guess it could happen. No. but it, A 12 year old? No, yeah, it wouldn't happen.
0: You can't even legally work at 20. <laughs> it would be illegal.
1: Yeah, I don't know he probably didn't pay him stuff, I'm guessing. So, he probably saved himself some money. It's actually a smart move. You know, you're not paying the manager a salary. I mean, he's already paying that other guy. He fired him without cause. So, um, yeah. so he's getting his paycheck still. So, anyway,
0: yeah, he's a he's a likable protagonist. It's it's a it's a good movie that doesn't have a ton of waves in it. Like mm-hmm. the, and that maybe that turns some people off, but I lo- I like it because of that. I like it that it the movie seems to stay in its lane very well. Yeah. So um, the next character we would talk about is Timothy Busfeld or Busfield. Sorry. He, he plays Lou Collins, the first baseman that can actually hit. He's like the only good hitter on the team. So Timothy Busfield was in revenge of the nerds as Poindexter. Oh, really? Which, if, if you remember that, he was the guy that played the, uh, the violin. Um, he was also in quiz show, which is a really awesome nineties movie. We should do sometime. He was in the movie. First kid as the bad guy with Sinbad. Um, not that great of a movie. But anyway um he's sort of like the main adult actor in this movie him and this guy named john ashton who plays mac the pitching coach and john uh john ashton was in beverly hills cop one and two and he's in the movie trapped in paradise and gone baby gone um he was he was a, a lead role in beverly hills one and two he was like the other cop with judge reinhold mm. anyway uh john ashton's a very likable actor and um he's kind of like billy's right-hand man. it helps him with all the baseball stuff. and so he's he's very largely present in the movie for like all the biggest scenes and moments. and it's a it's a likable role. i wouldn't say that it's uh it's an overly developed role. like he he again, he doesn't make big waves, but he he delivers a likable performance.
1: yeah, he was really helpful for you know, I, I I'm actually kind of, when he, at the end of the movie, he gets, he's named a head coach, um, after Billy retires, uh, to fish and, sabbatical. <laughs> and, and so he's named a, the manager, but like, I was thinking like, he could have named him the manager originally, you know, like, but I guess he wanted to win though. So, so he, that's the only way he could see them. He, he had, win. Yeah.
0: He had to show John Ashton how to coach. Um, but, but so uh, Lou, Lou is like the team's only steady hitter. Lou starts dating Billy's mom. Billy doesn't like that. Lou starts to go into a slump and he gets benched. The team starts to struggle. And that's sort of like the, the down in the dumps moment of the movie. Where we're like, Oh no, the team's losing. Like, how are we going to get this straight? And you know, of course they do. Um,
1: was and, Lou, and they go to the playoff. I want to know about Lou. So an, a con, a nickname that they call him in the is all-star. Like they call him all, like that's just, I'm guessing he was on the, he was an all-star player, but like, do you think Lou was an all-star this season? Or do you think he was, you know,
0: he is only because they institute that rule saying every club has to have a representative. <laughs> like, he's the best twin. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't... I, he doesn't look like any all-star first baseman I remember from the 90s. Like, Mo Vaughn. or
1: Right, yeah. He, uh... Yeah, he was... I mean, he was... I guess he was, yeah. He, they... I think they painted him as a pretty decent player. Like, I thought I thought that came across when I watched it last night, at least. Yeah, there's not really... The, the cast... Of, like, the, this movie's really all around... You Know Billy, like it's like and his mom's also a, a major a kind of a like kind of helps him steer his like life a little bit, but then she uh, then she complicates it by. I mean, she's also made like we blame Lou, but the, the mom, you know, should know better, like, like she shouldn't That's be right. I, this I guy. like,
0: I agree. Like, the only person who's without blame is Billy, right? Like, he can't help that his mom and the first baseman are like plowing in the dugout, like. <laughs> It's awkward for it. It really is um, so the, the, we mentioned Lou and Mac, but there's there's a whole team of like funny characters that you get to know, and in this one scene, Billy has to finish his homework before they can, before they can go out on the field and it, it's this weird word problem about it's a math problem about painting houses and we, we found that clip for you. Through the minds of the players and the coaches in pressure situations like these. Joe can paint a house in three hours, and Sam
1: can paint the same house in five hours. How long does it take for them to do it together?
0: Wait a minute. He never said this was a word problem. If I can paint a house in three hours, and you can paint it in five, how long will it take us to paint it together? Why? It takes me three hours to paint a house, it takes you five. How long to do it together? What we'll it color paint. It's
1: time. That whole scene's really funny, Um, and I... I really like when i was watching it last night i i did i was like i don't i don't
0: know what the answer is i don't i, don't, I still don't know I don't, like, I don't think they solve it in the movie no they do bowers comes in and solves it he says it's one and seven eighths oh i i, I yeah i get
1: yeah i guess it makes sense so i just didn't understand. all i know is, is it around. would take
0: less than three if one guy could do it in three then it's got to take less than three
1: i when they were when people were saying like like eight hours like they're doing this adding i was like that doesn't make any sense guys like that's you, maybe, you were commenting. It's really it. a dumb way. That's a dumb kind of thought. <laughs> like, if you really
0: think that it's more time, then you're stupid. <laughs> Let me ask you: if you had to, if you had to go to a position, like what position on the baseball diamond do you think is the most intelligent? Because I think it's probably catcher. I think they probably mm-hmm. got the most to, to remember during a game. I probably go to the catcher. They're also like the toughest. I mean, the catcher is like
1: the I mean the quarterback of the team almost because he's calling all the shifts. Oh, so who are you going to with your math problem? Oh, I'm not going. I'm, I'm going not going. I'm not right. going to the rookie shortstop. Uh, that's for definitely is. not going to the bullpen. I'll tell you that. Uh, I I guess I'm probably go. I'd probably go to. I would probably would have gone to first baseman Lou. Like <laughs> he's I, banging your mom. You don't want to talk to him. Oh, like oh, who's he asking? Like oh, he made the right choice by asking his you know assistant manager. Um, Did he? I mean, he didn't make. I mean, he didn't do the right choice. I, I guess I, it, it might be a pitcher, like it. Uh, so there it depends on what the. It might be a starting pitcher. A pitcher, like Randy Johnson. Re- Randy Johnson could have figured that question out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <Henry> Junior <laughs> couldn't have figured that out. Um, so I don't know. I think. before a f- catcher, Dan Wilson would probably be the man to ta- ask.
0: Yeah, catcher. So <laughs> before I forget, um, if you guys are keen on googling Randy Johnson highlights. Google like Randy Johnson, like bird. Or <laughs> <Randy> Johnson, like, <laughs> he like, he throws like this 98 mile an hour fastball and some unlucky fucking pigeon or something flies right into the trajectory of the ball. And all you see is feathers go everywhere. Like in the batter's box. You, I don't even know. You can't even see where the ball goes. You never see what happens to the bird. You just see pigeon, pigeon feathers everywhere. It's so, it's so ominous. You,
1: yeah. It's just a, it's a big poof. Um, I, that was during a spring training game. So that wasn't in Seattle, right? Well, I wouldn't,
0: I honestly don't, it was, it wasn't in Seattle, but I don't remember if it was spring training or what. um,
1: Anyway, you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Go find that. It's it's really funny. Uh, So
0: Billy's getting help from his team, you know, on math problems and, you know, going through life and all that shit, but he's got like normal kid friends too, that we should mention. Um, his friends are Chuck and Joey. And uh, Chuck is played by Billy Sullivan, who had some decent roles as a child actor in the 90s. He was in the, the Stephen King miniseries, The Stand. He was in the movie The Big Green. Um, he was in the movie Tank Girl. And he was in the TV show Something So Right with that. I, I don't know if his name is Jerry or Jer Burns. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, it
1: sounds familiar, but I don't. I remember when I saw this kid last night, I like I. I remember his face, and I remember seeing him in, like, a lot of, you know, other, like, just being a kid in other
0: movies. Um, yeah, he got a lot of work. And the, the other kid, Joey, was played by Miles fuelner He didn't get other work. No, he he was he was kind of an ugly kid. Like, no offense, buddy, but he kind of looked like my friend Kip when Kip was a kid. <laughs> like, they looked a lot alike.
1: He reminded me of Link um, as a kid. What? Not, not by looks, but by, like, um, how he... Oh. Dis-
0: talked i um, say link doesn't look anything like this kid this is like a um, ginger
1: you know but I, I will say about his friends is that i really liked how much they were not a like part of the movie like they they were just friends that were kind of in the background they popped up every once in a while to make some good one-liners but they weren't like overly used at all like and they and his friends always gave him like like hey you should start this guy like or and it was always like Cause that's yeah, what you yeah. do. If you're a friend, you'd like tell them. Cause like, they also had some like baseball know-how as well, but like, you know, yeah, you'd be calling me
0: if I was the manager. you'd be calling me like every week, talk about like lineup strategy and shit like that.
1: I, I definitely would. Um,
0: I wonder if that happened. I'm sure that happens. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like, if I'm like, like Bob Melvin, the new manager with Padres, if I'm Bob Melvin's friend, I'm calling him all the time. Like, well, what do you mean? Tatis isn't batting second, you know? Like, <laughs> like that's all I do. If I know that guy uh, <laughs> and he probably just drowns it out. Tells me to shut up. But. <laughs> anyway, his friends are supportive of Billy at first. I think it's cool. Their buddy like owns and manages the twins, but then Billy kind of starts big leaguing them a little bit. He gets too busy for them. He misses going to like wild waves with them. And they, then they, they replace Billy with a new losery kid named Lowell and there's like full disclosure this is going on they're like yeah this is Lowell we only hang out with him when Billy's too busy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it reminded me of my childhood so much it's like everybody had the one kid you might hang out with if everyone else was busy
1: you know uh, yeah I t- totally had a um, I had friends like that like that I I had a kid friend that was like he owned the Sega Genesis down the street. And I like never really wanted to hang out with him, but like because he had a Sega and I didn't have a Sega, I always wanted to go uh, hang out That's with him.
0: That's the equivalent of like going out with a guy because you like his car, Brennan.
1: Uh, yeah, true.
0: That's a 12, 12-year-old. I also photo.
1: made friends with people with Super Nintendos because I didn't know how to have that either,
0: so. You're like a, yeah. I don't know what the word is, You're you're a console slut. Well, not anymore. So Yeah. Well, now, you know, now you, that you can buy now, your own car. Now that I'm an adult. Um, so those are his friends. They're good. Uh, by the end, they all make up, and they're there supporting Billy in the big game. And and Joey tells him to start Bill Bill Wedman, which is this like really underused long reliever out of the bullpen. And Billy does. He starts Wedman, and Wedman has a great game and gives them a chance to beat the the, the vaunted Mariners
1: uh he does uh and here uh, before we leave his friends i want to give like my most famous one of my favorite movie quotes of all time here it is so who are you gonna get to replace (laughs) i don't know whitey herzog turned us down same with valentine none of the good guys want to work for a kid you should do it
0: yeah right get real
1: no you get real you'd be great know how hard it is to manage it's the american league they got the dh how hard could it be
0: yeah think of it you could lead the twins to the penny manager of the year Billy, really serious man twins need
1: you. i use that saying a lot um with some you, you do he does use it he goes
0: it's <laughs> league, they got the d8 i love how dismissive
1: the kid is like he's so dismissive that you need
0: any strategy if you have the dh uh
1: we should have left a line in when he's explaining why he should be the coach because like he's having to explain like a, a scenario what he would do and he's like asking all the like he's like what would you do like
0: yeah i looked at that clip but it was it was just too. it long. was too long
1: yeah no it's too long but he he breaks down they basically break down like
0: strategy what you do in like the eighth inning my- but you can tell that it was written by some asshole National League lover because like like for for decades, National League fans looked down their noses at the American League because they didn't have to worry about the strategy of the double switch and taking the pitcher and somebody else out. And how does that affect your lineup and blah, blah, blah. And somebody on the radio the other day was talking about that. And he goes, For as much, for as much credit as everyone pats themselves on the back for all the extra strategy going on in the National League, it's not very exciting. Oh, they're going to move two guys instead of one. Oh, happy day. Let's watch the pitcher strike out, you know, three times before we do that. Like, it, it's still not worth the DH. Like, it's not anywhere close as fun to watch as just having a fucking DH. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you about that. Um, Like, we could, let's take, like, two sec, two minutes. You don't care about the DH. I don't care about, the, I mean, I don't care about the pitchers pitching in the league. And it might be because I'm an AL person, but, like, everyone's freaking out that this doesn't exist anymore and that there's no like now interleague doesn't mean anything and i'm like
0: who's freaking out who, about that who
1: cares about the who cares about this like it is so I weird. See,
0: like 70 year old national league fans are the only people i can think of that would care about that who else cares about that? i don't
1: know i think people liked that there was a difference between the leagues and I, I i hated that and i always thought like why would why does it make any sense like why when the Mariners play, if the Mariners ever had to play in the World Series, why should this team have to pitch, I mean, have to have its pitchers bat?
0: Yeah, that's, well, that's the argument every American League fan makes, right? It was like, well, this is stupid. If we go to National League playoff games, our pitchers have to bat in the World Series when they haven't batted all fucking year. Yeah. This is stupid. Like, why can't you have some DH? That guy's been batting all year. Right. You know, it, it felt like every year the National League walked into the World Series with an advantage. mm mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's all changed now. And now it's, it's yet, it's yet, ne- yet nationally teams didn't win more than American league teams. Why? Because all pitchers ever do is get out anyway. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. The, I always thought the strategy around it was, it, 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 it adds a layer of strategy to it that I just don't ever think that really needed to be in it in, in baseball. And now it might help the Mariners not have to fly so much. And if they realign the league, which would be really cool,
0: they should realign the West, the Western divisions. They should. Yeah. Um. But but anyway, yeah, that's a great clip. I love the, I love the, the pep talk his friends give him and it works. Billy takes her advice and he becomes the manager of the twins. And, and that's what the movie's about. Yeah. So the rest of the cast, there's a, there was a time in the nineties where I was convinced Jonathan Silverman was going to be the next big thing. <laughs> Jonathan Silverman plays the the fun reliever named Bowers who has the best sense of humor in the movie. Jonathan Silverman, he had an odd career in like the 80s and early 90s where he was doing sort of like uh, schlocky teen movies. There's like, he's in some like cross-dressing movie where he pretends to be girl a girl so he can like go kick ass on the girls' volleyball team or something like that. He was in some show called The Single Guy for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but he had like a pretty good career. Then he just sort of just faded away out of, into nothingness
1: he faded away into nothingness, but he still worked every year since the eighties. So like he's working, is this like he just, I don't know why he didn't, I mean, he must have have a terrible agent because I, he is a really like, he's a ste a scene stealer in this movie. Like he's very, every like, movie he's in. Yeah.
0: He's he's like this. And
1: he's just very like funny and likable. And like, he kind of reminds me of, uh, um, who's the guy from office space. Um, which one? The the main character in Office Space, uh, Ron Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. He reminds me of like Ron Living. I mean, Ron Livingston's also faded in the obscurity as well. So like, not a great example, but like, I feel like Ron Livingston took a lot of his roles maybe in the the late uh, '90s, early 2000s.
0: But so Jonathan Silverman's in this movie. Dwayne Davis is like a veteran actor of any sports movie whatsoever if if there was like a 90s sports movie dwayne davis is in it and he plays the like aging slugger this guy named jerry who like used to be billy's favorite player but now he like can't hit anymore and billy has to cut him and it's sort of like some early turmoil but this dude dwayne davis was in um he was in the movie the program he was in uh necessary roughness He was in the great white hype. That's just three off the top of my head without looking at his IMDb page for years. Like the dude was, he was just a popular nineties sports movie guy. That was like his shtick.
1: Interesting. And Um,
0: then there was a couple other guys on the team. This reliever named blackout. Mike McGreevy was their one good pitcher. Mickey scales was like their rookie center fielder. It was a fun team and it was full of the kind of personalities you'd see on a real baseball team.
1: Yeah. It it was a good team. Like, and I, there's another guy, character, he's not famous at all. His name's Joseph Lattimore. He plays Lonnie Ritter. And I wanted to, I didn't pull this quote for like the, for the thing, but I wanted to, it made me like this role laughing. And it was this, so he's a, I guess he, Lonnie in the movie was like maybe like a power hitter. Um, I, I'm not sure. Like, Yeah, he, yeah he's their cleanup hitter. He's the cleanup hitter, yeah. Um, and, but there's a line, he says like, man, kids today are amazing. I played winter ball down in Venezuela. Half the kids his age, every one of them speaking Spanish. And that's a hard language. And then yeah. Lou says to him, they speak Spanish in Venezuela. I know, that's my point. I was like, I didn't... It was like, I, I thought it was just hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good cast. And oh, there we had one other clip for the end of the math problem that we'll play you. So it only okay. takes... Four hours. I should know this. My uncle's a painter. Why don't they just get a house that's already painted? You know, maybe there is no answer. Maybe it's one of those trick questions. You ever think of that?
1: And then that's when Jonathan Silverman steps in and solves the solves the answer. So
0: it's a fun scene. Um, and it's
1: right before the game. Like so like The Big Game The Big Game, and they're all like in here trying to figure out this question and then they go and well, they lose it so maybe if they were to focus more on strategy the strategy of the game uh but
0: yeah so uh it's a good movie it has a lot of it has a lot of small scenes a lot of small humor within each scene um that works really well i i listed a few of my favorite scenes Brennan, do you have any favorite scenes you want to mention
1: yeah i don't really have there's not any like the thing is this movie's cut really weird in that like there's not a ton of scenes i really like the where they intro i no, i like that there's a a segment where um billy does like an interview with chris berman yeah and like chris berman asks him like some really stupid question and this is during the time when billy's like very like upset about what's going on with his mom it's and like confrontational with the media all he's of a like it's confrontational and he's just like and and then I don't forget what the question was, but he's like something about a stucco house. And he's like, and Chris was like, but what about the stucco house? And Jimmy's uh, Billy's like, I don't understand the question. And and he just walks off and it was just, he's like, I don't even know if it
0: is a question. I have a job to do. <laughs> and then Chris Berman says something. And then the caramel the feistiness of a champion, the cameraman says, we'll edit
1: that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The cameraman says, Oh, I like, I, I thought that was good. And, and uh, and then Chris Berman says, I'll edit that out. And then I, I don't know. Chris Berman's known for just being kind of a dick too. And I wish I, maybe they should have done some more of that in that. But I don't even remember Chris Berman being a part of baseball. Like I only oh, Sure.
0: My- yeah. Oh. He had great. He was a Sunday night baseball guy and he had, you know, you know, he's famous for his calls. Mm-hmm. His He has the back, 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 Gone home run call.
1: No, I'm, I missed that and for some reason.
0: Chris Berman's like the king of nicknames. And I'll always remember this. Uh, Mariner fans might remember Russell Brannion. He was like a power hitting outfielder, first baseman. He came up with the Indians uh, back when they were the Indians. And I just happened to be watching Russell Brannion's first game ever as a rookie. And it was on Sunday Night Baseball. And Chris Berman was commentating. And Brannion hits a home run midway through the game. And Chris Berman on the spot comes up with a nickname. He goes back, back, back. Raisin Branyon Like <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so I like Chris Berman. There's a lot of there's actually a lot of good cameos in this movie. Um, we'll get to some of the mariners, but Pudge Rodriguez was in this movie. Pudge is like every 90s kid's favorite catcher ever. Paul O'Neill's in it, Wally joiner Rafael Palmero, and more. Like just a lot of good real athletes.
1: Yeah, I missed a Raff- Rafael Palmero. Um, I don't know, maybe I don't even know what he looks like. Um
0: he has a mustache.
1: Um, I wish there were more Mariners in this. I, they had. I, I, there was a first baseman in the movie, but I don't think it was an actual first baseman because it didn't didn't seem like. I forget what his no, name. No, they was. had.
0: Well, Wally Joyner is in it. And oh. He has like a line. So, so other good scenes. There's this scene where they're all at a hotel one night, and Billy is like, what? he's like ordering pay per view at his hotel, and his mom is like you ordered naughty night nurses from Jersey six times <laughs> must've been a good movie, <laughs> but like Billy and Bowers and some of the other guys are like, they're like pr- playing, pr- playing pranks on some of the like staunchier players. Like they drop water balloons on uh McGreevy's head and shit like that. And it, it's fun. You, you hear a lot about like antics behind the scenes during baseball during baseball season, because the guys are just on the road, like so much In baseball you play every day. And there's like this, there's sort of like this frat boy mentality to a baseball club. Like they're all together all the time, you know, mm-hmm. the Britton always admits he's a sucker for a good montage. So I'm surprised you didn't pick the montage scene where the team actually starts getting good. They, they play like uh, run around. Sue is the montage song. And it shows the team making all these like really good defensive plays and turning double plays and and hitting balls into the gap. And it's actually some pretty good baseball cinematography. It looks like real major league hits and shit. Like it looks good.
1: It 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 looked really good. And they have there's a play in that scene, like um, a double play, where like it was it's probably the best like baseball scene in the movie ever. It's slowed down and it's probably done that because it's probably not done at full speed, but the shortstop has the a short type of second baseman. I don't know which, uh, has, doesn't even transfer the ball from, from this glove to his hand. He just pops the ball from his glove to the, to the yeah. second baseman and the second baseman then catches it with his hand and then throws the runner at it first. And I was like, that's a, that's an amazing. If that play happened in in a game web jam, that would be like one of the best plays ever.
0: Joey Corey used to do that glove flip shit like regularly. He did it just to show off.
1: I, I knew kids that that you know what, kids in the nineties probably watch movie, movies like that and, or watch base baseball. The kids used to always do that shit in little league and like it and it would always. Sometimes it It was an error. It always
0: backfire. Yeah, I remember I did it one time in the league because because I didn't have a chance. Like it was like one of those like bang, Mm -hmm. like it was that or nothing. Right. And I short armed it, and he didn't get it. Um, Yeah,
1: that was a really good montage. There's, yeah. uh,
0: But then, but then the coup de gras. The coup de gras. Yeah, of course. So take us through it, Brennan.
1: Take us through the 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 Mariners game. Yeah. So the the game the game starts. They're playing the Mariners. And I, I believe, so Griffey must've been hidden third. Um, does that make sense? Was he batting third? Does it really matter? He, Griffey always batted third. dude. Yeah, okay. That's what I, yeah, that makes sense. And so he gets up in the first inning and he just hits a home run. Like, I'm like the, like the, the start off the game and, and then they kind of just go through the rest of the game. Like there's a couple of scenes where twins get back into the game. They, they either. Go ahead, and then I forget how they they go ahead or they tie it. It just gets in the extra innings, though. And yeah, and I can't really explain this that well. This is getting in Brendan Bad Synopsis Synopsis territory.
0: The <laughs> Twins get within one run. Yes, in the bottom of the ninth, mm. and and the Mariners bring in Randy Johnson to close oh, the no, game no, no. out. This is,
1: a, this is that's in the extra innings.
0: Is it an extra? Yeah,
1: they so in the in the ninth inning, they I believe the twins tie it up because yes, that's what happens. They tie it up because what well, doesn't matter, Billy, the but, but Billy Lee, but Billy leaves a player in the game that should, who's like 0 4 for the day and he gets like a double and then they tie it up like gonna by like getting someone getting thrown out in second, but someone's scoring before he gets out. And so they get in the extra innings It goes through the, to the, I think the 10th inning and they, they run this trick play. And this is what I wanted to get into they run this trick play where Griffey gets walked. Griffey gets walked. He's at first. Now he's on base so they wanted like and Griffey was, you know, he I don't know if he was no he was fast. I don't remember him being known for stealing bases much, but like he definitely had the ability to do that. And they run this play. Basically they throw they throw over to first once to kind of get him back to the base and then the pitcher throws back to first again and lou goes for the ball like he it went past him and so and then everybody else goes for the like ball like goes to their positions so someone can get the ball at the place but also this other side character character um actor who's also in the mighty ducks who's a security guard he also tips his hat and he moves too like he's like the balls around there yeah
0: they like they like got the security guard in on it
1: and and so they, and then Griffey, thinking the ball's over there, starts running to second. And then the pitcher has the ball, throws it to the second. Griffey gets out and goes into. the, then it goes into the, they're still tied and goes into the, uh, the 12th inning. But what I was, the point I want to get at is
0: that's a league. That would be, I mean, it's a balk. Was it a balk? I think it's a balk if his foot's on the bag and you don't, and you, Motion to first, but you don't throw it. I think if Bowe was, right. was never on the bag, like if he did it from the mound with his foot was off the bag, technically you could you could pull that off legally, but that would include Griffey not paying attention. Oh yeah, so you yeah you have to throw over there. If you don't throw, that's a balk. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's how the rule works when the runners at first. Yeah, I, you never see a pitcher fake throw to first. You'll see him fake throw to second or third, but you never see it to first. That's why I think it's a balk but i know that it you could do whatever you want if your foot's not on the back. Yeah. I
1: also know you can't probably have uh outside personnel like in on the on the thing. Like, they
0: probably would frown upon that, <laughs> but that's totally the kind of shit you could see like Fenway Park at Boston doing, right? It pulling in like Sully the security guard.
1: Yeah. They, it, I mean it's cute. It was a cute little like gadget like play. And they get him out, but ultimately Griffey steals the home run from Lou and they yeah.
0: Uh, well, the Twins commit an error in extras. It mm. lets the Mariners get up by one. And then in extras, Lou comes up down one, yeah. hoping to tie the game. And they bring in Randy Johnson in relief, which is awesome. And uh, Randy's throwing him the heat, but Lou gets into one deep to right center. And that was the play I mentioned earlier where Griffey tracks it down, leaps up over the fence, which he was one to do all the time in the 90s, stealing home runs like a motherfucker. And he does it to Lou, and that ends the game. And you. And then there's this great scene where you see all the all the mariners mob Randy Johnson on the mound because they're they're all excited. And it's like Randy Johnson's 6'10, Andy's standing on top of the mound, and all the players <laughs> that run up to him to hug him. It looks like kids running to their dad. It's so it's such a funny visual.
1: That is that is a funny visual. There's a weird right before that scene, like that happens, like where Lou hits like hits the gets the last out. Uh Billy says to Lou, like If you're on a full count, watch for a slider in the lower and low and away. And I was like, I was like, oh, is this like, and I don't know if it was just like a cute little like baseball trivia. Like that's what, that's where Randy's going to throw it if it's on a full count to get someone to chase it. But like he hits the second pitch. So like it never never even gets to a full count. So I was like,
0: I think it was just um, Billy showing his depth of knowledge, even in the most crucial moments, remembering to manage first and showing like the full circle that Billy's come like he's put all the personal shit behind him and right now it's just Billy the manager. And Randy was famous for his strikeout slider. Like yeah, no. he, that was his out pitch.
1: Yeah. I I have MLB this Show and I've been playing some of that over the last couple of weeks and I Randy Johnson is like a legend player that you can like put as a free agent on your team. And so I have him on a, on the team and the first time I had him pitch, I pitched a perfect game with him. <laughs>
0: It sounds like the difficulty is not high. Not high
1: at all. Um, I was just playing to have fun. And, uh,
0: but like his slider is on, un- is unhittable. It's like, yeah. and it's scene- as well. It should be. It um, pretty much was when he had, it, yeah. working. it was pretty unhittable. So anyway, a couple of, a couple of production history notes. We should get to the screenplay was by Gregory Pincus Mandel, which is, I think that's how you say his name. He, this was really the only screenplay credit he did for film. He had a few TV show credits, it was directed by a guy named Andrew Scheinman, and this was really his only directing credit. But Scheinman also wrote and produced the movie North starring Elijah Wood. He produced he was a producer on the movie Stand By Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and a few good men. So Scheinman, like he gets involved in good projects and produces good projects. Yeah. This was just his his attempt at directing. We mentioned the awesome cameos, um, uh, one cameo we haven't mentioned yet is Lou Pinella's in it. Sweet oh. Lou, the Mariner's manager at the time. He hadn't been the Mariner's manager very long when they decided on this. Like I'm pretty sure Sweet Lou got hired in like late 92 to start the 93 season, or maybe it was late 91 to start the 92 season, but he hadn't been a Mariner for more than a year or two by the time they were making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, veteran actor Jason Robards plays Billy's grandfather who passes away. Jason Robards was also the dad in the movie Parenthood. And then Dennis Farina plays the kind of stinky attituded first manager, George O'Farrell, who Billy Cans. And uh, that's, that's a good role too. Some dumb shit we should bring up is uh, one thing that always gets to me is that Hollywood just has this undying belief that pro sports success really just always boils down to the team having fun. Like, like every Hollywood sports movie ever, like all we really need to do is have fun doesn't matter if we don't have good players
1: yeah it's not like they have a business to run and make money and yeah and uh yeah i mean i don't know i mean there there there's some truth into that too because it is just a sport after all but i don't know but it is it is true um
0: so so one mariner specific problem i had with this movie for like a year the Mariners had a journeyman backup first baseman named Dave Magadin. But they also had Tino Martinez at the time, who's a total fucking stud at first base. So when you're watching, you're like, where the fuck is Tino? Why wouldn't they use Tino? Why not Tino? Why Dave Magadin? And it never made any sense to me how Dave Magadin got in this fucking movie and how he gets his name mentioned more than any other player in this movie. It's like, how the fuck did that work out? And I found out years later that Magadin. Is Lou Pinella's cousin and godson? Oh wow. So I'm pretty damn sure that Lou had something to do with that. Uh,
1: I'm also curious why wasn't Egar in this at all?
0: Well, he is a DH. I mean he's got nowhere to play on the field. If yeah, you know, I guess you're gonna right. have a hitter, you
1: could yeah, have had him play first Tino base.
0: Plays for, <laughs> Tino plays first base. Yeah, that's like, true. And Tino Martinez was a really good player in, in the nineties. And yeah, anyway, that always bugged me. Um we mentioned in another podcast how the Charlotte Hornets became oddly cool in the 90s, mostly for their color and uniforms. Well, I would say the Mariners were sort of the equivalent in the Major League Baseball in the mid to late 90s. Mm. They were just oddly cool across the country, and it was largely because of, like, King Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, and Randy, John- Randy Johnson. No. Even though they never really had any real playoff success, like, people just, kids across countries country liked the Mariners anyway, which I always thought was cool. That I means
1: all because of Griffey. Like I, feel like, I feel like when you talk to guys our age, everyone thinks of Griffey as being their favorite player. Like you're never hearing anyone say like, I really like Barry Bonds or I really like Mark Mark McGuire. Like everyone, everyone wanted to be King Griffey Jr. Like everyone.
0: Griffey played defense and he didn't get all roided up and his head. wasn't the size of a bowling ball when he was 40. Like he was like, he was such a pure athlete, which is the prettiest swing. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would say the the worst part of his career is this, that he decided to leave the Mariners like and go play for the Cincinnati Reds. Like,
0: now, the worst part of his career is he played all those fucking years in the kingdom on that Astro that's Turf that yeah. fucked his knees up and made it so he couldn't have the best career ever in the history of baseball. Yeah,
1: that's one thing I was watching in this in the, since we're talking about dumb shit. Are we talking about dumb shit yet? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Is I was looking at the field at the Astrodome, like, or right, this is not the Astrodome, but the Metrodome, and Because they're playing on AstroTurf, and like you can just see the field and how crappy it looks. Like it has like ripples in it. It just looks like a a service that you would never want to play baseball on. And it surprises
0: me that so many teams. played on this stuff for so long and it's absurd it's absurd to think about how valuable athletes are the contract sizes that you're going to like risk their their long-term knee and joint health over fucking like footing yeah it's just like god get get it right
1: but i guess turf didn't really exist yet either so like i it i mean or it's a level that it could have been so but i
0: i don't know so the movie's uh 119 minutes maybe a little long for baseball movie maybe about 15 minutes too long. It's only 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Only one out of three people like this movie. Um Yeah. Which I thought was a little low, but I don't know.
1: I don't I I, um, I wish I could see the timeline of all the sports movies that are coming out. Like this one's like later in all of it. Like Rookie of the Year came out before it. Sandlot came out before it,
0: right? Like Yeah, Sandlot, Rookie of the Year 93, this is 94. I I don't remember. I think Age of Atfield is also 94. I think so too. And that kind of makes
1: sense because like if you think about this as being one of the last ones, I, I guess it would show like why, it stopped, why they stopped making Hollywood baseball movies as much because you could, they kind of just progressively got, not worse, I would say, but
0: like, didn't make as much money. Right. Um, that's, that's true. So uh, if Brent and I ever hope to make any money, we need to get famous on this show. And you can help us by giving us those sick five-star reviews on Apple iTunes Music reach out to us already. Like yesterday, super 90s brothers at gmail.com is our email at super 90s brothers at spocast pods pods, adampitzler.com. We're out there. We've got our fishing poles in the water. All you got to do is take the bait guys.
1: Do it. Please reach out to us and uh, quest a
0: movie and we'll, we'll probably do it. So um we'll probably do it. Even if like Brennan hasn't seen it before, like he'll do it anyway. That's how, that's how committed he is to you. The listeners. I even had, to, so I will say this
1: movie is not available streaming anywhere. So uh, you gotta, you gotta rent it um or go search some vhs
0: tapes at uh, value village well for burning pointer i am adam j Pitzler. this has been another grand slam of an episode on super 90s bros little big league style and remember if your grandpa dies and leaves you a professional baseball team remember the first baseman will probably try to bang your mom